We're just ordinary people living ordinary lives Until we see someone on TV win a $25,000 prize Come on down I'll play any game for 10 seconds of fame Come on down I'll make a deal just let me spin the wheel Come on down To win a million bucks all you need is a little luck And thorough knowledge of multiple disparate trivial subjects all right, welcome to another episode of Come On Down, the game show podcast voted most likely to succeed in high school. Whoa, really? Arguably. Wow. So today's episode, we are going to be talking about a game show called Win Ben Stein's Money. Money. This was on Comedy Central. It from... was from 1997 to 2003 that's correct that's exactly what i have in my notes this is our first episode from the comedy central network this is i this might be our last episode from the comedy central Network. Uh, i did look it up on wikipedia and i think they've done seven game shows they've done seven game shows yeah wow good job to the comedy central network yeah but yeah so this is win ben stein's money it of course featured starred and was co-hosted by Ben Stein. Ben's, and his money. And his money. Most importantly, his money. Yeah. Were the real stars uh, of, of the, show. the show. Yeah. But so Ben Stein, I think probably he, th- there's a snippet of Ben Stein that is maybe one of that is one of the greatest contributions to pop culture history. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? I would say it's the only thing I think of. When I think of Ben Stein outside of this game show. Anyone? Bueller? Right? Yeah. That's what you're going for? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge part of pop culture. That's a, that's a reference that people who are, who were born well, well after Ferris Bueller Mm -hmm. came out are familiar with. I think my guess is probably prior to when Ben Stein's money, Ben Stein was the teacher from Ferris Bueller. Nobody knew his yeah. name. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. he, he wasn't a big star. His He was an actor whose roles included the teacher from Ferris Bueller, yeah. the teacher from The Wonder Years, the teacher from Casper the Friendly <laughs> Ghost. He was a boring teacher actor. <laughs> yeah. He was the most typecast actor in history, basically. Ben Stein was like McLovin times a thousand. Wow, yeah. He was a boring monotone teacher and i mean his real voice is fairly monotone not to the extent of yeah they the played roles it up that he played they he played it up but that's kind of similar to what he was like obviously he was much more monotone in those roles but that was what he was and i think again probably most of the world knew him as the teacher from ferris bueller yes which has got to be a weird position to be in because for him, for Ben Stein specifically, he was quite an accomplished gentleman. You know, he was uh, well-educated. I think he went to Yale. He was a speech writer for Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Two presidents of the United States. That, that was his career before acting was he was a political speech writer wow. for the president of the United States of America which is pretty cool aside from the fact that that president mm-hmm. resigned did he in write disgrace. that speech he that wrote he, was... he he wrote i am not a crook yeah <laughs> that was the worst richard nixon that anybody by the way <laughs> i don't know if you feel the same way as me but richard nixon like if you think of if i start naming past presidents and you think of them in your head bill clinton sex well no just like thinking of them i'm not oh, saying we're not doing, we're not doing word association <laughs> i'm just saying think of them <laughs> When I think when I think of Richard Nixon, uh-huh. I think of the Halloween mask of Richard Nixon. That's like what I picture him as in my head. Instead okay. of the actual guy, Richard Nixon, I'm almost exclusively picturing the Halloween mask of Richard Nixon being worn by a woman in lingerie. So I love Richard Nixon. What was that from? Was that from the movie? Is what do you mean? I'm when you say that, I think of the the heist movie. Oh, uh, Baby Driver. Y- isn't that no. the one? Oh, the town? Maybe that they were the race. They were Richard Nixon, Nixon Max Mass when they. Uh, oh oh oh! There was uh, what was it? It's it was an like older late movie. 90s, maybe. Yeah. And All I thought right. it was women. 
It was like a group of women that went in and yeah. robbed banks. If you know this movie, uh, go and email e- us at www.richardnixonmass.com. Uh, oh, I was going to go with comeondownshow at gmail.com. Oh. Or uh, send us a DM at comeondownshow on Instagram, the gram. Or write Do it in the comment PR. on the YouTube video. Or the tubes. YouTube. So, yeah, so we're struggling there. But I, for, for whatever reason, I always picture Richard Nixon mask instead of Richard Nixon human being. Yeah. So, like, kind of the long face Disgrace and the president. extended nose. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of what he looks like. He, it's the maybe the most accurate mask of a person you could have. I don't know. Those Obama masks you think are pretty accurate. FaceTime? Ooh. So, you We couldn't wear an Obama mask for reasons. That's true. We can't wear an Obama mask. Right? That's out. That's I didn't even canceled. think about that's that. That's off the menu. Because that's technically blackface. Right. That's off the menu. We could so wear I a Nixon mask. Like, if you were robbing a bank, they wouldn't give you the money if you had an Obama mask on just because of how offensive it would be. Wow. Okay. You would have no success robbing that bank. Yeah. But anyway, Ben Stein, he was, he was a political speechwriter. He's a political pundit. He's an accomplished author as well. I think he'd written like 15 books published before he was on Win Ben Stein's Money. But I do think what Win Ben Stein's Money... Helped him become Ben Stein in the public's mm-hmm. eyes, a recognizable figure that even if you didn't watch the show or weren't super familiar with it, other people now knew that that guy's name was Ben Stein. Yeah. And they could say, oh, the teacher from Ferris Bueller. And word got around that that guy's name was Ben Stein. <laughs> I think that helped him tremendously. As a From a personal branding perspective, yeah. doing this show was huge for Ben Stein outside of just the fact that you know he was on a daily trivia game show for six years you know what i think is kind of cool you know how as you grow older you just kind of start to marry what you know you shrink when you get older i thought that's sort of yeah but you like you marry parts of your hobbies sometimes together and if, if you're able to be your own boss you're kind of just taking pieces of things that you have done well or that you know how to do well i think this game show is a perfect is combination. The culmination? Yeah, he's got. He clearly knows what he's doing on camera. He. This is one of, aside from Alec Baldwin, Ben Stein looks so comfortable on camera. And I right. know his personality. The kind of he's got some BDE. You know what I'm saying? Big dice, Excelsior. Big dick energy. That makes way more sense yeah. than what I said. Yeah. Um, he is super comfortable on camera, and he brings in his clearly. Uh, impressive um, academic background. Too. Right. So so this was a show in which you could win Ben Stein's money. $5,000. $5,000 of it. And it was kind of actually his money. I thought it was producer money. So it was... His, he, had a, he had a contract with the production company. He was paid an annual salary. But... He was also paid $5,000 per episode minus what the people won. Oh, okay. So he got paid whatever the difference was versus, uh, between what the contestant on the show yeah. won and what they didn't. That's cool. So it was like it, he was playing for his bonus, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Win Ben Stein's bonus. Which, by the way, there were like 100-something episodes a year at $5,000 a lot. That's a hefty Dang. bonus because that's more than half a million dollars. That's crazy. Again, all mental, mental baby. But yeah, so the the way the game show worked was it was originally co-hosted by Ben Stein and, and a young guy named Jimmy Kimmel mm-hmm. in his pretty much first television role or his first recurring television role. And Jimmy would kind of introduce the contestants and then for round one, Ben Stein would ask the questions. There were five categories of question. There's three contestants. Right, three contestants. Sorry about that. And there were five categories, and the categories were always pun, funny, name. Me too. So there were five categories, and they might be... Here's here's an example of some that I wrote down. My foot fetish led to a podiatrist. Trist spelled T-R-Y-S-T. Oh, that's nice. Yep. The addicted farmer joined Alfalfaholics Anonymous. <laughs> Dipsticks you aren't related to. Nice. Things found inside a high school nerd's locker beside a high school nerd. <laughs> and maybe my favorite, a music question. German marches not involving Nazi bastards. <laughs> and and so all of these were 
you know, relating to whatever category they allude to in the title. And the questions were real, regular questions, not joke type of questions. Yeah. They were they were serious. What what were some of the categories you noted? Uh, let's throw a Saratoga party. Turtlenecking is better than not necking at all. True. And this was my favorite. Attention all pirates. Check out Ben's booty. And it was all <laughs> pirate themed questions. Okay. I like it. I like it. And so this is one of the confusing aspects of this show, in my opinion, was whoever has control of the board chooses the category. Yeah. One of the annoying aspects to me of the show was they read the entire name of the category every single time, which okay. like I'm used to watching Jeopardy. And if it was one of these question, one, one of the categories that you read, they would say Saratoga for 200 or yeah. whatever. Yeah. They read the whole thing, which seems like a little bit of a waste of time to me. Yeah, but, but those writers are probably like, no, 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 yeah, no. You're going you're you're to say it. That's thing. a funny pun I came <laughs> yeah, up with. And we're going to say it as many times as possible. <laughs> and so unbeknownst to them at the time, this is the confusing part to me, that question is either worth 50 100 or $150. Yeah. Seemingly at random. I guess a, kind of a sign to the value or the difficulty the, yeah. of the question but you don't know that going in. You just right. choose the category and they say, a $100 question, and then, and then they read it. Mm -hmm. And so in round one, you can buzz in. It's a free-for-all question. Whoever buzzes in, if you get it correct, you then get a $50 follow-up question yeah. from the same category. And anybody can answer that one? No, that is only for the person. Okay. Unless they miss it, then it opens up to the oh, floor okay, okay. Of, to, to win that $50 and control of the board. Mm. Um, if nobody gets it right, control goes to the last person to correctly answer a question and that quest that category is now done there's only that one question and potential yeah. follow-up question for it it's done it's replaced by a new punny category basically yeah which i liked yeah because you get more more funny puns yeah. yeah and so that's the way the round works the host jimmy kimmel in the case of the first three seasons or four seasons whatever it was would point out when there are two minutes remaining in round one because again it's a timed thing and ben stein is reading them these questions time runs up the lowest score at the end of round one is eliminated yeah. they're kicked Get off out. the show and Leave. their money is put back up to ben stein ben stein has a big five thousand dollars over his head that anytime a contestant score goes up his five thousand goes down yeah and when a person's eliminated he finds a way to shoot that back up on to his board. And he does a very cordial thank you before he, like, it's not like, get out the show, yes. you idiot. He's like, thank you very much for your efforts. You did a great job. Let's do a round of applause. And it was just like a, the nicest send And then says, get off. out the show, you idiot. Yeah, well, he ends it with that, but well, he obviously. prefaces it with That's his tagline. Nice. That's his, that's his go-to. Ben, ben Stein's tagline is, get the fuck off my show. Get out the show, idiot. He did have one, um, he would kind of introduce the show similarly every time, and he, he would always say something like, hey, I think I can beat these people. Call me crazy. And then the crowd would always go, you're crazy, <laughs> but I think I can take them on and keep my money or something like that. That's so probably that, really fun for the audience. That was kind of his little, uh, his little thing there. Or sometimes if it... If the stakes were higher, like they had a Ben Stein's Cup with champions, previous champions, and it was $25,000. Mm. Call me absolutely insane. And You're absolutely insane. <laughs> a lot of nice crowd interactivity there. Yeah. You know, for the Comedy Central audience. And then let's talk about the second part of the show, because I felt like this was probably one of the most innovative aspects of this style which was Ben Stein replaces right. the contestant that was kicked off. And he's not earning money. He's just answering the questions so the other people yeah. can't answer he's them. He's straight up blocking get, them take the from money. taking his money. Right. And so he's participating in the exact same way with the buzzer and whatnot. Obviously, if he gets it right, they still are there. In the second round, there are no follow-up questions. Yeah. So probably for the reason of him participating and... There's no reason for him to get right. an additional amount of money. The values of the questions are elevated at this point. And now at this point, the co-host, Jimmy Kimmel, or in later years, a woman named Nancy Pimentel, or after that, Jimmy's cousin, Sal yeah. Icano. Yeah. But 
they they would be asking the questions from this point forward because mm-hmm. Ben is now a participant in the show. Right. And again, it worked the same way. Five categories, all with punny names. They choose a category. The values are now like two, three, or four hundred dollars per question. They add those up. The host warns when there's one minute remaining. And that's pretty much it for this show. Again, the person who of the two now who has the lowest dollar amount yeah. at this point is eliminated. Ben says, get the F off my show. Yeah, uh-huh. His classic the, uh, catchphrase. His, his classic catchphrase. The money goes back up to the board for him. And now he's facing off with this one person who's maybe at, you know, $1,500 or yeah. they've had a good game, whatever the amount is there. And now they go into the best of 10 test of knowledge. And we're going to have a throwback of something from our very true. first episode. What's the thro- what's the throwback, Jonathan? Isolation booths. Mm. We got I-, I love a good isolation, isolation booths. Back in the freight uh 30 years down the road. Yeah, 40 years down the road, I wow. think. Oh, um so yeah, 70. isolation booths are in play here if you're as big a fan of isolation booths as I am. Oh my god. Get excited because the way this works is that the it's Ben Stein head to head against the winner mm-hmm. for the chance at winning five thousand dollars? Five smackers, five smackeroos, five thousand dollars of Ben Stein's money, and he is very precious about his money. He does not like people. Yes, he does not because he is literally playing for money. Exactly. So the way it works is there are ten questions, sixty seconds. Both contestants get asked the same questions. So. They each have their own individual isolation booths. What they do is the contestant on the show gets to choose whether they want to go first or second. Mm -hmm. And depending on that, the person who is getting asked the questions first, they have their booth door open so the host can ask them the questions. The other person is in their isolation booth with the door closed, with headphones on, with some music playing over it. I don't know. Probably Slipknot. Maybe Slipknot. I was going to say classical music because this... Classical Slipknot? Classical Slipknot, yes. (laughs) The whole show is all classical music all the the theme songs yeah the, the going to commercial the coming back from commercial everything is always classical music ben stein's a very high class type of guy the, yale the, yes the set the set decoration is looks like a, a, a rich lamp. guy's library with yeah. some yeah some some weird little knickknacks in it basically yeah. uh and like a big bust of ben stein like statue thing yeah wearing sunglasses but but yeah so you're putting the isolation booth the whoever's going first, Ben Stein or the contestant, is asked ten questions, rapid fire, over sixty seconds. You can pass, but you do not get a chance to come back to the question. If you do, it's gone. Okay. And the goal is to get as many questions right as you possibly can within the sixty seconds. Yeah. And the goal is, of course, to get more correct than Ben Stein can. Which was hard to do. He's a smart guy. He's very smart. He's got a lot of knowledge. And, and he was told all the answers before the show. <laughs> that makes it way harder. <laughs> so he got 10 out of 10 every single time yeah. in 20 seconds. They took the direct model from 21 <laughs> yeah, exactly. and implemented They're it. They're like, oh, isolation booths and cheating. <laughs> we'll fix it. But no, so yeah, he, he had no knowledge of these questions or these second round questions when he was a participant in the show. Mm-hmm. But they roll them through with, with the 10 questions. And if you got more correct than Ben Stein, you win the $5,000. If not, you don't win. You just take whatever you won from the main game. Yeah. But if you tied him, you got an additional $1,000 added to your t- total winnings from the okay, game. Okay, so you oh, don't take the five. Right, so you... originally when it first came out, tying was as good as winning. If you just were as smart as Ben Stein, you got the $5,000. Okay. After a little bit, they realized that 10 questions over 60 seconds tying was going to happen a little more frequently probably than mm-hmm. they initially thought so i think they bumped it down to a thousand but that's basically the overall premise of the show yeah and and it was a fun show like we said there were a lot of fun puns in the category titles yeah uh, there was you know jimmy kimmel like we said later nancy pimentel and sal icono funny people in interjecting yeah. fun stuff kind of making fun of the contestants a lot of time yes. poking fun at them at their at their appearance or whatever you know description of themselves mm-hmm. they provided to the show 
having some fun with it. Also making fun of Ben Stein, you know, equal opportunity. They There was a lot of ribbing back and forth. Yeah. It was really like, for instance, and this isn't exactly ribbing, but just to give you the atmosphere of the show, one of the questions was, um, what was it? What was, who wrote, what famous sci-fi author wrote electric sheep to dream of robots? Ooh, or I know this one. You might. Yeah, no, I do know this one. What is it? It's, um, it's, uh, the guy who he wrote Ubik. He, Correct. he wrote, um, uh, Philip K. Dick. That's it. Yes. That's right. But Ben Stein answered Dick. And Jimmy Kimmel was like, what, what'd you just call me? Right. And it, so it was like a fun back and forth. They both yeah. knew the answer, but it, that was the, the style of the show. Yeah. Um, and, and that book was turned into the film Blade Runner. Yes, correct. There's that, there's the follow-up question answer for you. Blade Runner. And then he also, Minority Report was based off of one of his books. Welcome to the Philip K. Dick podcast, hosted yeah. by John. Dude, Baker I would definitely Montney, do that podcast. Uh, Man in the High Castle as well. Yes, but anyway, that that's pretty much the way the show worked. It was a lot of fun. It, it became a career launching point for Jimmy Kimmel, for sure. Shortly after, he also Man Show was like got the two Man years in yeah. ninety nine, I think. Yeah, he got the Man Show on Comedy Central as well. Mm-hmm. Ended up starting his own production company. He originally didn't want to be on TV. He, he was on radio and did writing and things like that. Yeah. It's kind of what he wanted to stick to for the most part. Ended up on this show, ended up parlaying that into The Man Show, starting his own production company. Him and Adam Carolla, I think, started Crank Yankers as yeah. well on yeah. Comedy Central afterwards. So again, a big career launching point for him. Sal Icono was his real-life cousin. He's most famously referred to as Cousin Sal. Yeah. Uh, everywhere now professionally and you know he's been a writer on the jimmy kimmel show since 2003 since it started and he he does various other things a lot of uh sports related stuff with bill simmons like he's got a uh a sports gambling podcast he he appears on a lot of the fox sports pick'em type of programs and things like that so it it was it was a huge career launching point for for a couple people uh nancy pimentel she she hasn't appeared in hardly anything on camera since this, although she was quite good, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she is much more famed for her writing. She's a writer on Shameless. On oh, wow. Showtime, one of the head writers on that. And she she wrote The the Sweetest Thing, that Cameron Diaz movie from the early 2000s. Vaguely I remember familiar. girls in high school really liking it. It was... It was all right. It was kind of a dirty movie for girls. I don't know. It was like... Um, a dirty movie for girls? Right. Right. Like a dirty type of comedy that appealed to women. Okay. Like so like... The batch, what was so the like Bachelorette movie with... Um, what? What type of movie? The It was after The Hangover. It was kind of the female answer to The Hangover. It was... It was Bridesmaids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind okay. of the, the Bridesmaids of a decade That movie's earlier, dirty. Almost. Not nearly as successful, I don't think, though. Um, but no, uh, Swedish thing was very dirty. But anyway, Nancy Pimentel wrote that. Uh, but yeah, so it was it was a career launching point for for these people. We got to talk about the awards. What do you mean? Win Ben Stein's money. Oh, won six, six Emmys, daytime Emmy awards for outstanding game show, and the first one they won was in 1999. The previous Nine years. Jeopardy. And? Wheel of Fortune. Price is Right. Ooh, Price is Right. Good one. Jeopardy, $25,000 Pyramid, uh, Price is Right. Like dominated these? Dominated these and continued to throughout the years. And when Ben Stein's money in its second year won it. I thought that was really impressive that it jumped onto this list. Like, yeah, it's a daytime Emmy Award, but still... This list is. Got, I'll take a daytime Emmy Award. I'll take a. I'll take a midday two p.m. I'll take a late podcast night, a day middle, middle of the night Emmy Award. <laughs> Just That's any, what they're called. Any too. time of day you want to give me an Emmy Award, I'm not gonna turn <laughs> it down. Yeah. So I thought that was really really cool. And then every single year, 
after 99, which is which, with its first, it was nominated every single year. Yeah, up and until I know 2003. The, like the hosts were nominated as well. I yeah. know Ben Stein was nominated. Jimmy Kimmel was nominated. Um, Cousin Sal was nominated. Really? Yeah. Oh, he got cool. nominated for best. So basically, if you were on show the show, host. you pretty much got to ride those coattails into Emmy world. Yeah, that's it's a good way to go, I think. But yeah, it was it was well regarded at at the time. It again, it was a it was a daily game show. It was it was every afternoon. Yeah, pretty much throughout the year. I think there were a hundred thirty episodes per season. Damn. So I mean, that's exactly half of the amount of weekdays that there are in a non-leap year dude what are you in mensa or some shit not anymore because um, <laughs> you didn't pay the fee because <laughs> they want to charge you money it's stupid <laughs> and it's a whole stupid thing and the, the whole concept of it isn't stupid dude if you pay money a company tells you you're smart yeah, the company what's will, stupid will about that jerk off your ego for you <laughs> which which is illegal in most states jerking off egos yes which is a problem we need to solve, I think. Yeah. Less jerking off. Less jerking what? off. No, 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 no oh. not that. But but yeah, so it was it was on pretty much year round. Obviously had some breaks and things like that, but it was it was on 130 episodes. They had did over their six years 715 episodes. That's insane. So it was it was a lot of content, and it got to a point where they realized that the reruns were getting the same ratings as the <laughs> as the new episodes. For yeah. Because. This was on in the afternoon. I it was something that I don't ever remember watching. First airing of I guess I think I most remember watching it late night reruns. Maybe I. Maybe I mean maybe you. I think did. I watched first runs, but I definitely remember like staying up late at night and it was on TV at midnight. They would you know at twelve and twelve thirty there would be a couple yeah. episodes on. And so that was how I watched the show when it was on. That was, that was my experience. How well do you think you would do on the show? It depends. I, I watched one episode and this guy crushed it. He, en- he ended up tying Ben with eight in the... Eight out of ten, nice. In the uh, Third best round of ten test of knowledge. But that guy, that guy was really good. I actually looked him up afterwards and... He had previously been a Jeopardy champion. Wow! In the in the nineties, he had won, he'd won five times on Jeopardy, and he was the first contestant in Jeopardy, Jeopardy history to win a car, like he won a Lambo or something. Because a Lambo? What about a Chevy Vega? Well, they tried to get Chevy Vegas, but they weren't making them anymore. They just, they had <laughs> to they were step down. Broken. <laughs> they had to step down to Lambo. But it was because this was like pre Ken Jennings when you could only win five in a row okay. on Jeopardy. And at one time, they decided to introduce if you did win five in a row as a consolation for being booted off the show, you got a car. Dang. And so, and he'd won like tournaments of champions. On he'd won hundreds of thousands of dollars from Jeopardy, in addition to winning three thousand dollars or whatever of Ben Stein's money, yeah. which is maybe his greatest accomplishment. And the funny thing was, on that episode, Ben, I've got to imagine that Ben might have known that the guy had previously been on Jeopardy. But obviously, obviously casting would have known. Yeah. I don't know if Ben himself might have known and they didn't mention it on the show at all. But Ben closed the show by saying something along the lines of, if you think you're smarter than this guy, then my advice to you is go on Jeopardy, not this show, please. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so also Ben kind of had a manufactured rivalry with Jeopardy for, okay. for this show. I'm obviously the the format was somewhat similar in that there were these, you know, five categories yeah. that people are choosing from and then being asked a question, which resulted in due to the popularity of Jeopardy, every once in a while, people would say, Who is Genghis Khan? Yeah. Or whatever, as their answer. <laughs> and if they did, they were presented with a dunce cap, which they had to <laughs> wear for the remainder of the show <laughs> because they answered in the form of a question. Oh man, that's not good. how the show works. So that was kind of his his little rivalry with uh, with Jeopardy there. I feel like you'd have to have people that are above average IQ to make this show enjoyable to watch. I mean, look, most of the time Ben Stein won, but 
he would have just kept winning if there was no good screening. Yeah, there were def- there were definitely smart people on the show. There was definitely, and also the other thing with game shows that I, I always struggle with when I debate whether I could be on a game show or not is the mm-hmm. buzzer aspect of it. Like the timing of when you buzz in is so important. It seemed, honestly, the episode I watched, it seemed fake that Ben's buzzer worked so much better than everybody else's. Yeah, the, the, the thing is they had been on the show one time and Ben had been on the show 700 times. <laughs> so he had a little bit of experience. Um, so you that could see him. Probably... Like he would keep his, his hand up and you could see him like physically go right. crazy trying to press. Yeah, because it. there's like a on all the on all these shows, there's a time like there's probably a light off screen somewhere that lights up when you're allowed to buzz in. Yeah. And if you buzz in early, they lock you out for a specified amount of time usually. Oh really? I, yeah. I, I know on Jeopardy and a few other shows that's how it works. Like you're locked out for half a second if you so you're, you're buzz done, in basically. too early. Exactly. So you've got to be up on your buzzer timing, which again he's got a lot of experience compared to the other people. So maybe a little unfair advantage. For Ben Stein, super. But you're unfair. taking his money, so and he's smarter. So another unfair. Advantage. <laughs> that is an unfair advantage. None of these other people were presidential speechwriters, <sighs> which uh, maybe you don't have to be that smart to do all the time. But he 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 was a smart guy. And what do you think Trump's presidential speechwriter is like? Um, I imagine it's a guy who has a dart, and there's a whole bunch of words <laughs> and nouns words. on the board. <laughs> I think there's only six words. <laughs> there's a whole bunch, but. No, no. What whoever print, uh, print President Trump's speechwriter is, it it doesn't matter because he just says That's whatever. Right. Anyway. He works so it, hard on these speeches. I'll <laughs> yeah, just wing it. But uh, anyway, yeah. So so Ben Stein since then he's he's done a few other things. He he continues to be kind of a political pundit on TV. He's written more books and things like that. He's he's quite a conservative guy, as you might guess from him yeah. working for Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford. But so still so on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, he kind of comes on as a conservative pundit to discuss things. He's, he's uh, very focused on economics, I think, for the most part. Mm-hmm. He's He's got quite a bit of knowledge there. So so that's kind of what he's doing now. I don't know. Like, I, I haven't heard any of his opinions about the pandy since this has been the going. Pan- you're, are we calling it the pandy now? I didn't know that. Yeah, of course we are. Uh, I don't want to say pandemic every time. So I don't know if he, I don't know if he's got a lot of opinions. I don't know where he where he stands on the uh, on the mask debate, mm-hmm. which I probably would, would be a good category for a Ben Stein. Tree. It would be Motney felt so alone during the pandemic that he started to mask debate. Oh, right? that's good. Thank you. I and listen, the one with the question. If anybody be. wants to reboot Ben Stein's money and yeah. needs. Somebody to come up with one category. <laughs> yeah. I hey, think. but not the question. Now, Somebody else what, can do that. I don't know what the question is. Because the question in that category is going to be, like, how many people died from... Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. How are you, how are you doing with the, with the mask situation at the moment? Uh, I went on to this company who was selling them for a reasonable rate. It was a t-shirt. It's... Literally all they do, they make undershirts that prevent sweat from showing on the outside of the armpits. So now you've got a mask that prevents sweat from showing? Nope. That aspect is not incorporated in the mask no, for some reason. it's a very reason. sweaty looking mask. <laughs> they make it look sweaty uh, on purpose. Okay. No, like it's just it. a nice thin cloth mask. And, you know, we wear it when we go out when we have to because we'll be denied service in Texas. Right. Um, so do, do you, um, have you eaten in a place? No, 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 no. Well, the only food stuff we do is takeout just because, um, that sounds miserable. And, and when I went into places to take food out and this is the point, and you see the people that are eating there. Yeah. Nobody's wearing a mask, which I understand, but I'm like, why? So what's the point? Like, that's what I, I wonder. It's like, you have to wear a mask inside unless you're eating or drinking, because if you're eating or drinking, germs don't happen anymore. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of foolhardy yeah and i don't miss anything about a restaurant that eating at home watching tv can't fulfill i i do miss it i i haven't eaten anywhere since the whole pandy started Mm -hmm. either and we're gonna make this a thing i mean honestly it does sound cuter thank you i thought we needed to give give a little bit of a softer edge to this global pandemic that's killing (laughs) hundreds of thousands of people Uh uh-huh but 
Yeah, I, I haven't eaten anywhere for for similar reasons. Done a lot of pickup and drive through and curbside and everything mm-hmm. since everybody's got online ordering now because you're out of business if yeah. you don't. But I think I do miss something about being in a restaurant. Restaurant and it's got to be the waited on part. Yeah, it it is. But also being waited on is so inconvenient a lot of the time because I've got to wait for somebody if I want more drink instead of walk up to my fridge real quick and get yeah. more drink, you know? So, so that aspect of it, it, I don't know. There's just something about being out and kind of, I don't know, being in an area where other people are the social aspect of it, I guess Okay. that, that I miss, but I, yeah, I, I haven't done it on account of, you know, the pandy. Yeah. So, so I've avoided it, but I also, how do you feel, what do you think the mask does for you from an aesthetic perspective? Like, I think it depends. I think, Here's the thing with me that I found it difficult when it comes to interaction with a mask on. No idea if this person is smiling, if they're scowling at me. That like, is, unless your eyes cues. crease significantly when you smile, I, there's just, there's, I feel like there's so much feedback that you get from a mouth when you're yeah. conversing with somebody. Like, also, you can read their lips. And so when people are talking yeah. quietly now or mumbling, I'm like, I have no idea what you are saying. Yeah. Remember, you have a mask on, please. <laughs> Just wear a shirt that says that. Yeah. You don't have to say it every single time. Get it at uh, comeondownshow.com. Buy our <laughs> wear a mask. <laughs> Remember, you're wearing a mask, please, shirt. Yeah. And then it'll say, have a good pandy on the back. Have a great pandy, everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder, with a mask on, am I more or less attractive? Do you, Have you hmm. considered that at all? Because I wonder, like, I would say, which, which half of my face is more attractive, top half or bottom half? Because if it's top half, then the whole mask, I want this pant. well, I'm not going to say I want this pandy to go on for a longer <laughs> time, but maybe I'll take up, I'll, I'll learn from our... Asian brothers and sisters mm-hmm. that I'll just wear a mask out in public at all times. Yeah. And people will just think I'm wildly attractive. Yeah. I think one of my f- positive features that works in my favor is a smile. Like a You've got decent a good smile, smile, straight teeth. Let me see it. Oh, damn. Nice. He's taking off his clothes. That's all how right. powerful this right. smile right. is. Hey, man. So this, I think this pandy's been rough for you. Yeah, it's been pretty hard. I've just been smiling at John a lot. What what I like is that though I've been so I've been trying to do this beard thing for the last mm-hmm. few months and it's it's a, coming in more. It's a I told slow, you it's coming. It's a slow and steady process it's for very me. Slow. Of trimming Are you trimming doing, it? Yeah, I'm trimming. So you gotta let it grow. No, it's good. It's, it looks so bad if I do. But I so I think in, while I'm in this phase of you know generally sowing the seeds of hair on my face, <laughs> it's kind of helpful that I can. Cover it up. Sounds so weird. <laughs> Does it, dude? How are the seeds going on your face? You still sewing them? Yeah, it's like a chia pet of a face. I've got a chia pet of a face right now. <laughs> but I think, I think being able to cover that up from time to time probably helps with my self confidence a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I think it looks better than you think it looks. Well, thank you. That Not I think I. It looks better than you think it. Hold looks. on, let me smile. How's that? How's the smile? Maybe you should consider the mask okay, for after yeah, the all candy. Right, all right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I think at first, I'm going to be honest, there was a little bit of like, you can't fucking tell me what to do mentality that I had. Yeah. And I think that's just, that was just like a primal reaction, I guess. Uh-huh. And then you just, I thought about it more and more and it was like, you know, there's just so many rules I follow from the government. You wear a seatbelt. I know. It's just like the stuff is not crazy. And now listen, guys, welcome back to the political podcast. God, I think I was doing this. Sorry, this sorry, sorry to take this so political. Hey, the pandy is a huge a part of our life and, uh, right now. A mask when you're around people during the pandy. Um, and now uh, it's time for another. It's a lightning round. That's right. It's the lightning round. Lightning round. What are we playing today? We're going to play a fun, fun, fun game called Win John Montney's Money. Okay, I already love this game. You are playing. Listen to that. Oh, my God. Can we do an ASMR? For the people at home, he's got 
$300,000 cash in his hands right now. I have $5. Oh, God. Sorry. I read that wrong. A $2 bill. The way you were holding it, I thought I was supposed to read it consecutively. Two, one, 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 all okay, the way across. Okay. I see. Yeah. yeah. I have $5. Okay. One of them is a $2 bill. Ooh. You ever seen real? one of these? Yeah. They're, they a lot, are, they're a lot more common than most people think. They're fake, actually. They oh. don't. They aren't legal tender. Okay. Uh, it's actually one of the biggest scandals in American history, um, and we'll go over that. Uh, in our actually, next we won't because that's not a game show. So we're playing for five dollars uh, each question. You have an opportunity to win a dollar, or and we'll do the last question is for two dollars. All right. Uh, we have I think we have about seven questions. Okay, so how is that going to work with four dollar bills? Uh, you're not going to win them all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Fair. Um, I went on to, I think it was triviaquestions.com or something, oh. and I answered a whole bunch of questions. Now, you just have to take my word for it that I answered these. And yeah, I this put seems the, fair. I put the actual this answers down. This seems fair. First of all, I'm the, one of the most trustworthy people you oh, right. know. Everybody just, we're in an imaginary isolation booth right now <laughs> with Mr. Trustworthy over here who's visiting triviaquestions.com. Mm -hmm. By the way, today's episode brought to you by triviaquestions.com. <laughs> If you ever need any trivia questions, go to TriviaQuestions.com. They've got them. Maybe, by the way, because he doesn't remember. Right. Yeah. I don't think it was TriviaQuestions.com. Okay. So Google TriviaQuestions then. Dot com. And somebody pay us money for plugging that. God, please. So I have two, four, six. I have seven questions. Okay. You already said that. I have seven questions that you're going to be answering. Okay. I have already answered them. How many questions? Seven. Okay. What's more than six? Is that one of the questions? <laughs> Imagine if that was a question on a game show. What's more than six? Because like 49? That's more than I'm six. I'm sorry. No, the answer was 50. Damn it. So close, oh, dude. Almost got it. Okay. First question. And these will be multiple choice. Oh, oh, easy. Which country has beaver as the national emblem? Turkey, Peru, or Canada? Beaver as the national emblem? What mm -hmm. the fuck is a national emblem? It's a beaver. Um, I mean, Canada makes the most sense. Peru makes the least sense. I'm going to go with Turkey. Did you just Turkey? Yeah. It's Canada. God. I and I the, answered it right. The one that makes the most sense. Yeah, I don't know. What, <laughs> your thought process was so on track. I'm all, listen, I'm always waiting for trick questions. I'm... <laughs> God. Okay. Um, so you don't win a dollar. Okay. Which is the hottest planet? Venus, Mercury, Saturn, or Jupiter? Where's the temperature taken? From the butt. I don't... <laughs> well, I, I mean, I don't like... They're, so I don't have a follow-up to this the, one. Uh, I'm going to go with Venus. That is correct. All right. It is not the closest to the sun, but it's the first one that has an did actual you know, atmosphere. Did you know that Venus, on average, is closer to the sun than Mercury? But most of the time, Mercury Based on is how it closer. Moves? Because of the shapes of their orbits, Mercury like gets way far away at some points. Oh, okay. But, but it's most on of average the time, it's closer? closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. The longest human hair was measured at over five meters long. That is this is long. This is a true or false question. Oh. 50-50 shot to win a dollar. And I trusted you there because you were Mr. Trustworthy. I thought you were just telling me a fact. And I thought, wow, that's, a, that's more <laughs> than 15 feet of hair. I'll go with true. It is true. All right. I also answered it correctly, so you okay. don't get a dollar. Okay. Well, did I get a dollar for the last one? I don't know. No, I got, I got Venus. Okay. okay. So you're getting everything right. I, look, I answered these fairly. before you Fair were here. Got I it. did right. answer got them fairly. It. Yeah, got it. Which war caused the greatest loss of life for Americans? Civil War. That is correct. I also got that right. Were there choices? There were, but no, like you crushed it. It's it was war. like World War One, World War Two, Civil War, got and it. Vietnam. Okay, I got this one wrong. Ooh, you this have an is a opportunity to win a dollar. Which country employed the first police woman? England, U.S., France, or Australia? Well, I mean, Australia was just a prisoner colony. <laughs> Correct. 
So, I don't know. They probably didn't have any women running any of the police there. France. They're kind of stuffy. You know what? I'm proud to be an American. I'm going to go with the USA. That is correct. Yes! I answered France. Her name was Alice Wells, and it was L.A. in 1910. 1910. Not that long ago. Yeah, so it wasn't that long ago. So bad job to all of those countries, including the U.S. Dude, way worse job for England and France. Like, yeah, you were countries. Guys, you, yeah, we were only countries for a little bit of time. We didn't have that much time to hire Jeez. women as police officers yet. Next one. Yep. What is the world's most venomous fish? Scorpionfish, lionfish, stonefish, or toadfish? So I've seen a lionfish before. I went scuba diving one time and we had like a symbol for a lionfish. It was like this. It was like, hey, look, I see a lionfish. Oh, that's kind of cool. I what was your symbol for eel? It was like this or something. They, were, they, were, they literally like hand symbols to point out stuff like oh octopus. I mean that something. makes sense. How are they also going to like do a tour yeah, you of, can't talk. of the water? <laughs> so um, was it like charades? Yeah, exactly. Three the words. Movie? Three words. Medusa. Um, I mean, I don't. I knew this one. I don't know how, but it came to me very quickly. Say them again, please. Scorpionfish, lionfish. Stonefish or toadfish? Tote? Toad, T-O-A-D. I'll go with that one. It was stonefish. Ooh. And I got it right. I don't know what a stonefish is. I don't know what any of them are except for a lionfish because I saw it when I was scuba diving. With a cool hand symbol. And I did a hand symbol and I said, eh, there it is. This is, I got this one wrong. This is the $2 question. Ooh, this is the big one. This is number seven? This is number seven. Okay, for all the marbles. Two, for two of the marbles. For two of the marbles. Two of the five marbles. What is your wedding anniversary? Uh, September 1st, September 2nd, or September 3rd? It's September 2nd. I'm Dang quite it. confident in this one. You got it. Thank you. $2. God, you're an idiot. You don't even know when my wedding anniversary is. <laughs> By the way, you got married two months ago, and I have no idea when that was. I don't even know yeah, if it was I this mine. year for but sure. But that would have been not fair, because I would have definitely got that right. Hopefully. I mean, yeah. I've, I don't I know. I know it. I know it. Um, I know it because when we first discussed it, I was like, no, that's too close to my birthday. <laughs> you were a little bitch about it. I was like, no, but, but this but is about my, me. Not, birthday uh, this isn't about you. And John was about very me. nice about being like, okay, yeah, that's true. But like, let's, um, and then I generally was like, this makes the most sense for us to get married. So let's just do it. Yeah. And then the pandy happened. So that was when John Monty's money. That was when John Monty's money. This has been when Ben Stein's money. Final thoughts. Uh, opinions, suggestions yeah. about when Ben Stein's money. When Ben Stein's money, I think, was a very enjoyable watch because, uh, like one of our previous episodes, you've got a comedian doing the um, hosting. Not only that, you have a second co-host comedian. I think with those both of those aspects in place, you've got something that is fun. It has actually fun witty banter right and i really thought the aspect of the host going into play was pretty huge and Big monumental twist. and different and i thought it, it made it very fun and it also changed the rounds up like with other ones it's just like this round you wouldn't you play for more money and that right. was a pretty common thread. there's a difference here now there's a guy trying to jack the money from you that wasn't there before yeah and i thought it was cool too how it was only five thousand dollars but i was still kind of invested and waiting for you're you're really big on the stakes that seems like a big thing for you you need everything yeah. to be worth a million dollars well i i think once you watch something that's worth a million dollars and you go back well i think that's a testament to how cool the show is because i do subscribe to Let's make the stakes huge, so I'm super invested. Right. You don't care about $5,000 normally. Honestly, dude, that on I fire. fucking wipe my ass with $5,000. Right. If TriviaQuestions.com was only paying us $5,000, <laughs> we would have said no. <laughs> yeah, correct. Um, so that was. I really enjoyed this. It hit nostalgia for me, but I also enjoyed watching the episode uh, now. So what about you? Yeah, I mean, kind of the same. I, I feel like being an early teenager when this was originally airing, I've got good associations with it i remember enjoying it i remember laughing at the time mm -hmm. and it was something that like obviously i've always liked game shows i've always 
liked challenging myself to see if I could get the questions correct and things like that. Yeah. So from that perspective, it kept me engaged on multiple levels of the things I really enjoyed, you know, from a trivia and comedy perspective. Mm -hmm. So, so I did enjoy that. Like I mentioned earlier, I did feel like having to read out these really long jokes every time you wanted to do a question, slowed it down a little bit when I wanted to kind of, okay, we got all the jokes. Now let's get into the questions and we can still have some funny banter back and forth between the questions, but I already heard that joke. I don't need to hear that entire joke again, but otherwise, yeah, I liked the, the going head to head with the host, the fact that the stakes are that it actually involves money that would otherwise be being paid to him. And they put like a legal disclaimer up on the screen at the end of every episode, clarifying that this is actually money that would be paid to him. And I, I think they, technically did it all at the end of the season rather than paying him on a week to week basis, his $5,000 or whatever. But still that aspect of it brings something that most other game shows don't have to it. Yeah. And so I thought that was really fun. I know in Australia and the UK, they tried to replicate it with, and you know, Ben Stein wasn't in those places. So I guess they just used, Whoever Similar. was in the Australian version of Ferris Bueller, as <laughs> you had to win his money. But those both failed pretty pretty miserably. So I think there was there was also probably something about Ben Stein's personality that helped put it over the top that it made you because it did have that you know obviously he wasn't the funny man on the show, but he did have a good sense of humor. Yeah. But he still also had that gravitas and and seeming like a serious person with his kind of more monotone deep voice that that just really made it pretty engaging so i would i would give it a thumbs up but win ben stein's money oh, wait we're rating him now uh, i i don't know dude would, we need a let's do like a out of five buzzers out of five buzz. i would give it a four out of five buzzers dang um if we can't do let's say not no half buzzers um, one through five whatever I, I, do four right two. Now, so. I think four is a four rating buzzers. four is a strong rating four is a strong rating and i think it deserves it yeah all right well listen congratulations ben stein who gives a fuck about your six emmys you just won four buzzers <laughs> from come on down the game show podcast this yeah. has been ben stein's money and check us out on instagram at come on down show on youtube if you're not watching this on youtube I don't know, just search come on down. I think that's probably the best way yeah, to do it. Yeah, and honestly, YouTube. fuck yourself if you're not watching on YouTube. Wow. Uh, I mean, I give you I, one out of five buzzers if you're not watching on YouTube. What if they're driving in their car or something? We don't want them watching it on YouTube. Um, Find a way. Get a Tesla. Get a Tesla. All right, guys. Uh, you heard the man. That was when Ben signs money. This has been Come On Down. We will see you guys next week. Bye.